Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to Training Well Done. This is Coach Donald, your host, here to talk about the what, the why, the how, the what, the why, and the how of good quality training. So before I started recording this, I had a song on. And my, the teenagers that come in here, my nephew, they're all culprits of this. And for those of you listening who are adults, who are around kids, you ever hear them just randomly singing songs, especially when they're just randomly singing rap lyrics? And like, it might be a song that you actually know, but even if you don't, you just hear them singing it and it's like, yo, you really don't sound right. Like, you really sound crazy. <laughs> or like when my nephew's with me and he's singing some of these, you know, rather wild songs and it, like just random lyrics out of nowhere. No context, you just hear a whatever, whatever in the third, and you're like, bruh, can you, can you please shut up? Like, can you not? So before this, I was playing on GarageBand, and I had a song playing, and so I was rapping into the microphone to it. <laughs> and um, I went to listen to it, and it was so, so embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, bruh, no, never. Like, it already took me enough work to just comfortably hear my voice on this podcast, on video, and for me to hear myself trying to rap a song, thinking I sound like the rapper who actually sounds good on the song, it was a very humbling moment to remind me that that is not a career option for me. <laughs> and then to make it worse, <laughs> shout out to my guy, Tavon Parker, Parkour Therapy, Parkour Athletics. He is a brother of mine, um, quite actually in a literal sense, if you know me personally, as well as a co-coach for Woodland Hills High School. We coach track together. And he runs a gym called uh, Parkour Therapy uh, here in Pittsburgh in East Liberty. But he also um, operates Parkour Athletic Apparel, which makes pretty much all of GHP's clothing. And he just dropped me off a shipment today. Today. And before I get to the shipment, he walked in on me rapping. <laughs> now, he didn't embarrass me and talk about it when he walked in the door. But I'm in, I'm, the way this microphone is facing, it faces the door to the gym. And I told him, you know, come between like nine and two or something like that. And so he walks in. I don't even know how he got in the building, first of all, because the doorbell doesn't work. Everybody either texts me when they come in or they I just know that they're coming. So I wait for them outside. So I have no idea how he actually got into the building. Uh, hopefully no staff people are listening. But he walks into my door and I'm like mid verse. And he didn't say anything. He just looked at me. He opened the door. I, I kind of stopped pretty quickly. But, yeah, it could have been a really bad moment right there because I didn't sound nothing like the song. But shout out to him. So we got new GHP gear. Make sure you go on the website, www.ghperformance.com. Look right at the top of the website. You'll find the link or get GHP apparel. There will also be links in the show notes, people. We got a new dry fit hoodie. We got dry fit long sleeves. We got gym bags. We got 
dry fit sweatpants, black and gray. So you need to cop up, all right? He just brought that in right before I started recording. This is literally Monday morning as I'm recording this. Had to take a little bit of a hiatus on the show to kind of reorganize how I wanted it done. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, you won't know this or Apple, but if you're seeing me post this on Instagram or you're listening to this on YouTube, you'll see that it's not video anymore. Basically, I felt like I was not having as much fun with the show doing it on video, having to stare at my phone camera for 20 to 30 minutes straight. It just messes up my flow. Like I like to have my eyes wander the room. I like to bob a lot. I have a whole lot of body movement that would be distracting on video. So I just was like, you know what? Maybe we should just stick to audio. If any of you listen to my other show, The Black Codes, which is a very different podcast, you can hear a lot more dynamic flow in my voice in that show than you do this, but that's only audio. So decided to change it up, also relook at kind of topics. And so today's topic, we're going to talk about fast days fast and slow days slow. Something that I have to remind my young runners all of the time. Now, this weekend, we had some bomb performances this weekend. So a lot of the runners here at GHP are a part of Alderdice High School's track team. And this Saturday, they had the city championship. So all of the city schools in the city of Pittsburgh, not to be confused with the actual Whippeal. I don't know the politics of why the city's not in the Whippeal, but they're not. They had their city championship. And shout out to Evelyn Tipper, who got first place in the women's uh, 5K, who is coming off of a rather up-and-down high school career, came in as a stellar freshman, had an injury sophomore year. You know, I met her at the end of her sophomore year, and through her junior year, we rehabbed, got her to be able to run again, had an okay junior year for someone who had to take, you know, months off from running from an injury, who some of these episodes of previous were actually made about, to come back and run very – she. Ran very close to her PRs this year and is set to hopefully break her PRs, but also won the championship. So shout out to you. Shout out to Mary Eagle, who got second place at the city championships. A stunning freshman who is a favorite to win the city championship for the next three years. And shout out to her older brother, Holden, who's a junior. Holden Eagle, who got first place at the city championship uh, running... Let's see, Evelyn ran a 20.48. Holden came through at about 16.45-ish. You know, dominant performance. He's been, like, dominating the city league cross-country pretty much all year and has been one of their better runners for the last two years. And the man dominated the race in the beginning. He had some contenders. You know, uh, one of his uh, old teammates of long pushed him hard for the first mile and a half. And then one of his direct peers you know, really challenged him at the end for that. So we'll get to that in a second. But shout out to Holden, very strong runner. Uh, the, the kid is strong physically, has great endurance. He doesn't, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a traditional cross-country body, but he's not like, he's long, but he's not like the lanky long. Like he's kind of muscular, and the kid is very strong. 
and you know at one point we were deadlifting like 245 actually uh, when we were really emphasizing that so yeah the kid's strong he ran really really well and then shout out to Jack Barnheisel got second place at 1648 somebody who often is a little bit further behind holding we're talking like anywhere from you know 10 to 20 seconds behind challenged this kid to win the race and um, we had some conversations about you know being able to pull that off and I think you know some renewed confidence first time going under 17 minutes previous PR was 1703 just a few weeks ago often running like 1720s and teens so to come out and run 1648 shout out to you dude um I'm excited to see how this goes Strikes me as a guy who probably will be great over longer distances as well as he gets older. Shout out to my guy, Owen Blumen, young sir, who came in and got fourth place with a big PR 1726, 1727. Shout out to Aleph Home, who got third place. I should have put them in the other order. Aleph got third place, although Owen challenged him. Um, they're like, you know, they're top guys. My guy, Isaiah, got sixth. But yeah, shout out to those uh, guys and gals for a wonderful performance at the city championship. It was great to watch. So if you are listening to this podcast within the week of it being shot, you will see some of these stories on uh, the G- Coach Donald social media, Coach underscore Donald, and the GHP social media, Global Human Performance. Now, on with the show, people. So, fast days fast, slow days slow. What does that mean? Well, if you write this down and it says fast days fast and slow days slow, that means that your fast days need to be fast and your slow days need to be slow. And that is in reference to how your training goes throughout the week. Young runners, and I have a couple of those, who I have this conversation with repeatedly, like to just go out, the the ones that are aggressive and like to win, I should say, go out and make every day a hard day. Like you say, we got one mile, they're trying to get a PR. You say we got six miles, they're trying to get a PR every day. And that is not the best way to go about things. When you're doing um, training, and this is whether you're doing actually sprint training or long distance running, there are certain days, usually no more than three, honestly, anywhere from one to three days, depending on your experience, the phase of training that you're in, what you're racing, but usually regards to experience and phase of training and your durability goes into if you're going to do one to three days of fast work. But That is so that your body can handle the workload and adaptations. And your slow days being slow are meant to be not very fast days. Generally, when you're training fast days, we're talking like 90% of best possible effort of whatever you're doing. So when it comes to sprinters, when you're doing your max velocity work, you're doing your acceleration work, you're doing your high-end speed maintenance work, those sprints are generally going to be 90% of your best effort. So if you're doing, you know, 200, you might have a workout that is, 
let's say three by 250 meters or something like that, or four or five by 150, you're generally on your fast day is going to have substantial rest, like a minimum of like probably five, six, seven minutes. The faster you are, the more rest you're actually going to need if that's going to be truly a fast day. And so let's say you can blaze a, a 150 in about 17 seconds. Your reps need to be like under 19 seconds generally. Whereas if you're doing like slower tempo type of work for form work, for durability reasons of uh, building up um, tissue tolerance, those runs might be closer to like 22 seconds, 21 seconds, okay? And the reason for that is being able to make sure your body is recovering from your training. If you go out and let's say you have a four-mile workout every day of the week, let's just theoretically say you have four-mile runs Monday through Friday, certain days those four-mile runs need to be pushing it. You need to be, you know, trying to come in. If you're like a, you know, six-minute miler over distance, you need to be coming in close to like 24, 25, 20, you know, 25-ish minutes. But on your slow days, those four miles need to really be like eight, nine-minute pace. And that is for a reason. When you train, your body can only handle so much fast work. And I have some kids who I have to talk that through. So right now, this fall, I've been coaching cross-country for uh, a lot of middle school kids. And so we only practice twice a week, and then we have meets on you know Saturday. So I try to tell the kids, like, the days that you're not here, just go for some nice, easy runs. But when we're together, we are going to work. So, you know, between fast hills and hard tempos, you know, making the fast days fast so that they can go out and casually do their slow days. Now, that's what that means. And you'll find a lot of young athletes or new athletes, not so much that they're young, but they're new, who are very competitive will make their fast days really fast. And conversely, you'll also find some athletes who are more begrudgingly running who are going to make their slow days pretty daggone slow. But we're not talking about them because this is training well done. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you want to run fast. So what are the big benefits of understanding and utilizing your fast days being fast and your slow days being slow? Let's talk about number one. And this is for you hype cross-country freshmen, you hype track freshmen who want to show up and be the super try-hard and, you know, try to beat everybody all the time. The number one benefit is it decreases your injury risk. What? So, fast running is stressful. It's stressful on your muscles. It's stressful on your joints. It's stressful on your hormones. You can only handle so much fast running. If you try to run fast every day for, you know, weeks on end, you will burn out. And you will catch yourself taking time off. You will catch yourself frustrated. You will probably catch yourself hurt. So that's, you know, for you sprinters, think about you're going out and you're doing, you know, hard 150s close to max speed every single day. First of all, you're probably not going to perform well after a certain so long, depending on just how good you are. Second of all, things are going to hurt. 
running fast requires a lot of muscular force and your muscles rip. The reason you get sore when you run hard is because your muscle fibers, you know, they have, they make, they make tear, they take tears, excuse me. You know, they have different little micro tears. The stress of running, the eccentric work of stepping down, it puts, you know, stress on them. Your tendons, your ligaments have to handle not only just the impacts of you moving, but the speed and power that is happening. Because remember, for those of you who remember physics, Newton's laws, when, um, when you forcefully hit something, you are met with a force equal and opposite. So when you are running hard, you're putting a lot of force in the ground. So the ground's putting a lot of force back into you. And so your tendons and muscles have a tolerance limit, a tolerance limit of how much shock they can take. So you cannot just be putting so much force into those tendons and muscles and ligaments over time. Now, that means that your slow days need to be slow. Your slow days are less forceful. Your slow days also can build up tissue tolerance. When you are doing slower runs, it allows you to build up the resiliency of your muscles, of your tendons, to be able to handle more work. That's why at the beginning of training cycles, your work is generally less intense. You have le intensity being relative to your best possible ability. So at the beginning, you might have a lot of slower work so that your tissue can build up the tolerance to handle the hard speed work that you are going to do closer to the beginning of the season and definitely into competition. So you don't want to get hurt. So a lot of athletes who come into sports and they go hard in regards to just every single day being a hard day, they come up with, oh, my ankle hurts here, my knee hurts here, oh, my back or my hip. And it's because your body is not acclimated to being able to work that hard and you're overdoing it. So being able to make your slow days slow as recovery and regeneration days, because your body needs that, allows you to be able to take the fast days and make them really, really good quality work. And it also allows you to train more days. If all your workouts are hard and fast, you're only going to be able to train two to three days a week. If you are, have a lot of tolerance, you can train four days a week. But I, I'm willing to hedge my bets that if you're training fast four days a week, you're not having great sessions every single time. Whereas, because you're taking, you know, and you're also having three, four rest days a week. Whereas when you allow yourself to have some slower days, that actually allows you to train six days a week. That allows you to only have to take one, no more than two full days off because your slower days are actually helping your body regenerate. You're not putting so much stress on the body that you're breaking it down. So you're able to get all the nutrients in to help rebuild your muscles and allow your tendons to, you know, recover and readjust from the stress. Benefit number two is getting quality reps. Get, having a quality workout is more than just having a really good workout put together. It's about you mentally and physically executing 
when it comes to track and field, when it comes to cross country, when it comes to long distance running, if you're training for real, for real, you have times to make. You can tell someone who is training from someone who is, you know, just working out to stay fit based on do they have metrics to make and hit on their fast days. People who are just running to run, and they might do 5Ks and 10Ks, but if you're just running to run, you don't have any times you are trying to hit during your workouts. If you are training for something and you are aiming to improve your time, to drop that time, you have times to hit during your workout that are methodically put together. And if you don't, you should revisit your training, my friend. And if you do, Big ups to you. So having your slow days be slow allows you to recover and regen, um, not only physically but mentally. Hard workouts are taxing. All of my sprinters out there know what it's like to hit the 8200s. And the last time I did 8200s, I was lightheaded. My, my, my heart hurt. I was tired for the next day. I, I was, it was bad. It was tough. Those workouts are always tough. And you have to be prepared for that kind of stuff. Even doing your, you know, heavy speed work is draining. You have a thing called CNS fatigue, which is still something, you know, researchers are trying to put their finger on. But um, high-level athletes, not even just high-level athletes, people who train at a you know, high level and coaches understand that CNS fatigue is a thing. When you are putting out max effort, you know, max intensity, close to max intensity efforts, that is draining on your nervous system as well. Because remember, your nervous systems will make your muscles work. And whenever you're working to max intensity or to close to max intensity, you have a lot more of your nervous system getting your muscles to work than you do on an easy day. And that is taxing. Also, being able to mentally stay locked in, there's hormones involved in that. There is focus involved in that, and that is all fatiguing. You cannot do that seven days a week, six days a week. So having, you know, two, three, four easy days a week is going to allow you to make sure that you have the best possible ability to have the best workouts on those hard days. When coach says, all right, let's get out of here, you got four 1K repeats and your best 1K is like 340, and coach says you need to come in at 345 every single rep, you have to be very focused to do that. Your body has to feel relatively good to do that. And if you're going to pull that off, you need to make sure that, you know, you're ready to do that. But having, you know, uh, a best 1K 341 and your coach telling you to come in 345, 346 – that's quality work. That's not going out and like, oh, I'm going to just hit like four fast Ks today, but I'm not timing them and I have no goal time. You have a goal time to make. There's pressure there. And, you know, that's draining versus coaches like, hey, we got, um, you know, maybe for some sprinters, you got, you know, some 200 tempos or you got a 20 minute run or for, you know, distance. Runs, oh, we got a nice, easy five mile run. No time. It's easy conversation pace. That's mentally very relaxing, and that allows your body to rebuild back up. So hopefully that's clear. The number two benefit is having quality reps. Now, number three relates to all that. 
it increases your ability to get the adaptations that you want. When you're training, you are constantly burying your body. Every rep is just digging the ditch deeper, 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 deeper. And so what happens is when you take some time off the hard work, your body builds itself back up, right? This happens on a micro scale and on a macro scale. On a micro scale, you work hard for one to two hours, you dig the ditch, and then if you have you know, good nutrition, good rest throughout the rest of the day, then you're able to let your body rebuild so that you can train again tomorrow. This happens throughout the course of a week as well, which is really what this you know, fast days, fast, slow days, slow is talking about. You bury yourself, you, know, you train hard uh, on, a, on Monday, you have active recovery, slow day on Tuesday, so you kind of let your body regenerate again. You go hard again maybe on Wednesday, and then Thursday you either take off or you have a hard or an easy day on Thursday, but that allows you to rebuild back up, and then maybe you're off Friday and then you train Saturday. And so what happens is you, you dig the ditch, you build it back up, you dig the ditch, and then maybe you have an off day Thursday, which is a great way to train. Uh, go hard Monday, easy Wednesday, go hard, you know, Wednesday, take off Thursday, have an easy day on um, Friday, go hard on Saturday. That's a nice little flow. But nonetheless, that, that whole day off allows you to really compensate back up. But even just having the easy days allows you to start to compensate. Because remember, what you are training for is to create an adaptation. You need to defeat your body in some way that it says, yo, bruh, listen here. You're not about to keep doing this to me. That hurt. That sucked. I'm feeling the type of way that you put me through that workout. So I'm going to own it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get better. But in order for you to get better, you got to take some rest. Okay? Think about it like this. You study for an exam really, really hard. You actually need to take some time away from the material and then come back to it and you know try to recall it and try to work on it versus studying super hard every single day at the material, it's less efficient. When I was in grad school, actually, I tried this. I was doing some research about how do I study better? Because I walked in as a freshman for college, and I was, you know, I was in the library, dog, like every single night going ham, studying everything. I was reading all my notes. There was no, no, no strategy. I was like the people that just go out the train, that they just go run. Right? They just go lift weights with no goals. I was just studying, just reading things, just reading line after line after line, spending. I was easily spending, like, a no cap. I was spending 20 hours a week plus in the library. I was in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from, like, 7 to 11. I was in that John like, Friday evening up until it was time to drink. And then Saturday I was in there after brunch all afternoon till it was time to drink at night. And then Sunday, I might, like, take off and, like, read it for a little bit. But, you know, I had to figure out and be more methodical because you can't, you can't do sports. Like, I ended up, you know, I ran track my sophomore year. You can't play a sport. You can't get involved on campus. You can't, you know, have fun if that's going to be how you move. So you need to be methodical. So I learned how to better study. And then in grad school, like, I really, like, wrote up a schedule. Like, all right, this is new material. A lot of you not. We're going to bunch learn this over the next four days, and then I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to learn it hard for three days. And I went on this cycle to where after a couple weeks, 
I would only look at certain material once a week to review it, but I would spend the beginning part really studying it hard, taking some time away from it, coming into this. And I had cycles for this. I had like a whole formula for how to study. And well, I did pretty well given that I was doing a whole lot of other things that were ungrad schooly, like, you know, travel and other projects and internships, not like nothing wild. So getting the adaptation that you want, you only get better when you are recovering, resting, regenerating. You are not actively making the adaptation while you are training. You are putting your body in position to make that adaptation. You are stressing it so that you have to get the adaptation. But when you are stressing it in that moment, you don't make the adaptation in that moment. You make it when you're resting, okay? So I hope that helps you understand why you need to have your fast days being fast and your slow days being slow. Some examples, if you're having a three-day cycle, you have like an easy day, one day one, day two is hard, day three is off. You know, you can do day one is easy, day two is hard, day three is easy, day four is hard, day five is off. You can always go day one is hard, day two is easy, day three is hard, day four is off. Day five is easy. Day six is hard. Day seven is off. Or day seven is easy. If you want to train six days a week, that's a good way to do it. Take like the middle day off, hard, easy, hard, off, easy, hard, easy. Right? There are also, if you get really advanced, you'll find, and depending on how much access you have to your athletes or as the athlete yourself, you know, how serious you are to training, you might have training cycles that really go over like 10 days or two weeks or three weeks to where, unlike for, you know, most high schoolers and a lot of coaches will have their training set up to be like a seven-day cycle because that's just how the weeks work. You might find, depending on what the goals of your training program are, those cycles change over 10 days, over two weeks. And so you won't actually do the same type of workout every Monday and Tuesday. It doesn't change or doesn't repeat itself until, you know, the 10 days or 14 days or 20 days are over. I've definitely done some sort of, I've done some programming like that. I've seen coaches do that level of programming, usually with more advanced athletes who are working on specific things. Another way, and we do this with uh, sprinters, having a hard day, a hard day, and then an easy day, and then an off day, then a hard day, then maybe an off day, or maybe it's hard, hard, off, easy, hard, um, easy. Whereas, you know, you can do the beginning of the week and work on acceleration work, which is high intensity, and then go into max velocity work on Tuesday, which you still have room to usually do that if your athletes are conditioned enough. And then you take the next day to be nice, easy run, med ball work, uh, or just take it off altogether. Um, that's something that I've seen a lot, especially if you have, let's say, meets on Thursdays and Fridays. So you take Monday, Tuesday to be your hard work, whether that's you know max velocity, speed endurance, special endurance, or acceleration. Then Wednesday is a lighter day, you know, like I said, med balls, easy run, light tempos, just to kind of flush out you know the uh, byproducts of fatigue. And then you race the next day or, or if you race on Friday, Thursday is like your pre-meet day. So it's a lighter day, you know, practicing your relay, your form, I'm sorry, your blocks and all that jazz. And then you have your meet on that 
Friday, maybe it's a big invitational. Saturday, the really good people are going to take Saturday and do like some bicycle work or like a little calisthenics or a light jog. Some people will take it off. And then Sunday, definitely want to get moving around. It's something that I'm trying to get my high schoolers to do better of because you get the whole Monday through Friday training schedule and then they take off Saturday, Sunday, trying to build a culture of kids who will train on Saturday or Sunday so that we can take one of the middle days to be very light so that they can get six days of training and without it being six days straight. But that is your episode for today. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. I hope you got some notes down and you thought about it like, hmm, I do train hard too many days or hmm, I'm not training with intent. Maybe I should put some times on there so that my fast days are fast. Because you'll find a lot of people just have moderate days five, six days a week. And you can get hurt having you moderate days every day. You know, some people say everything in moderation. I actually think that everything, this is my, my stake right here. I think everything in moderation is bullshit. I think that there are times when you need to be very intently doing one thing and not other things. People talk about work-life balance. There are, that doesn't exist. You have phases where you are all work and no home life, and you have other phases where you are mostly home life and not work. And maybe there's some moderation balance in there, but depending on what your goals are, that might not really be a thing, or maybe it stretches over a lifespan, but I think that is BS. There is no moderate amount of heroin that anybody should take. There is no moderate amount of, let me think of something else there's no moderate amount of splurging your money all the time. Like, that's not a thing, right? Now, I know these are extreme cases, but that's why that is not a universal principle. I don't like everything in moderation. And when it comes to, and, and honestly, doing everything in moderation gets you usually no results. When you go hard at business, when you go hard at training, you get results. When you go moderate, you get half-assed results. I don't like everything in moderation. So... That's, that's my stance, and we, you can argue with me about it. Oh, no, you can't. I don't want to argue with you about it. That's how I feel. <laughs> so moderate running every day, probably either it can lead you to get hurt. So, so when we think about these three things, right, if you go moderate every day, if you're one of those people that go out and you run three miles every single day and they're, like, challenging but not that challenging, you didn't really push it, or, you, you know, it's, it's a nice run. Okay, you're getting your fitness, whatever. That's fine. For you people that race and do this, right, you might actually still keep your, you're not really reducing your injury risk that much because you're, you're still putting stress on the joints. Um, so your injury risk is still higher than if you had slow days, right? Now, we're not talking about people who have moderate and slow days, which is, you know, something else completely. But you have moderate every day. You run three miles a day every day all the time. With no, at the same speed. We're talking about at the same speed, not just because you run three miles, but you do it at the same exact speed all the time. So your injury risk doesn't really change very much. You're not getting any quality reps. If you're running moderately, and especially with sprinters, you are not getting any quality reps. You're just putting, you know, mileage on your bones and your joints just because. And then after a while, your adaptations go down. If you are someone that's unfit, I am not talking to you. I'm talking to people who race. If you are somebody who is running their three miles a day, 
at your nine minute pace that is very comfortable for you. You could run eight minute miles if you really wanted to, but you don't want to. But you also don't want to run super slow. You don't want to run at 10 minutes because it's not fun. So you just run at nine minutes all the time. And it's a moderate challenge. You break a sweat, you get a little huff and puff, but you just do it for fitness or stress release. I am not talking to you. You can cut this podcast off. I'm talking about people who you, you're racing, right? You're signing up for your local 5K. You are looking to get back into sprinting, and you've been working at this for a while. Like you're, you know, you're not out of shape. You're not getting no more adaptations, pimp. You gotta, you gotta put some stress on that body, right? You gotta stress it. All right. Pressure makes diamonds, people. You know, you don't make you don't make diamonds with moderate pressure. OK. Anyways, so that's my uh, sh- my episode today. That's my stance. So make sure you like subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Find your favorite parts of this. Tell me what was your favorite part? Did you learn something? Do you got beef with this? Do you feel like, no, every day should be fast or like you should only run slow or should you not run at all? Hopefully, if you feel like we shouldn't run at all, you're not listening to this podcast. Um, but shout out to you for listening. I hope you got something out of it. Shout out to my athletes who had beast mode work. And yes, shout out to their coaches as well, because their coaches have their fast days being fast and their slow days being slow. And look at these kids getting results, people. All right. Um, also, show notes below. Check out the new GHP gear. Yes, you need to cop up on some. It's a three-week pre-order, so you got to get this in by the 9th of November, so make sure you go get that, all right? Uh, We'll holla at you soon. We got some new episodes on the way. Peace out, people. Happy training. Holla.